and it's supposed to be different. And I'm here to tell you, it can be different. It will be different. We just have to keep giving it back to God. See, my kids think I love working. They're like, Dad, you different. You just love working. I don't love working. I love playing like everybody else. But I don't mind working. You know, Saturday is just another day. Sunday is the only important day in our week. And for some people, Saturday is that important day, uh, depending on what you want, uh, where you want to go and, and what you want to believe in. But regardless, there's only one important day that God's asked you to give. He said, rest, give it to me, glorify me, praise me, put me above everything on that day. That's where your joy comes from. That's when things start clicking. That's when things start uh, happening in your life. You, you're taking some of these stresses away. So my stepson lives in Nashville. Am I happy about it? No. Don't really like it. But, you know, we're, we raise our children up to leave. Um, you know, and I've always known that. And I'm not really in a real big hurry for that to happen. But I don't want my kids there at 40 either. Right? I mean, we, we want to raise them. We want them to move out. We want them to do their thing. But the only way I can have joy in that, and I'm not saying I have joy every day, but the only way I can find peace and joy in that is knowing that I did what God said for me to do. Raise up my child in the ways of the Lord that he shall return someday. Shall. That's a promise. That's God's promise. It's starting to understand that there's things in the Bible that, that, that God tells us um, that, he's, that he showed us by either word or example. It's understanding that what God said is true. That God does not and will not forsake you. No matter what it feels like, no matter how many bad days I have, I know and I have the peace and the joy coming. It can't rain forever, right? It can't. It can't be 120 degrees outside forever. It can't. Our joy, where does our joy come from? What are we letting rob us of our joy? Um, again, you know, what direction are we going? Do we feel stuck? Do we feel trapped? Do we feel smothered? Again, I can tell you the worst times in my life was when I graduated high school. Think about it. Up until that point, as bad as I thought it was, somebody was making decisions for me. Somebody was taking care of me. They were clothing me. They were feeding me. You know, I had, I had a, a rhythm going. I, I went here to this point in time, and then I went home. And then when I got out of school, everything I started thinking about was, well, I'm getting out of this house. I, I can't wait to get out of here. Well, then I realized that I couldn't afford to do that. Well, that's depressing, right? Dang, I'm going to have to follow them orders just a little bit longer. I don't like them. I won't be independent. But you feel trapped. As a child of God, we should not be ever trapped. But we let the world back us in all these corners. We let the world tell us that, that you know, really the freedom in being a Christian is I can do anything. Well, there's some truth in that, but you can't just do anything, Right? I mean, it's, it's letting, it's letting uh, uh, God's statutes and God's rules and, and God's commandments steal our joy. I mean, who would ever thought that the world could have turned the Bible against us? And then we can't have no joy because we can't live by God's Word. You say, well, I don't believe he said that. Well, he did say it. It's right there. Don't let the world use the Bible and God's Word to steal your joy. And that's what's happening with Christians today is we, we figured out a way and, and the devil's figured out a way to rob us of our only joy and peace in life, and that's God's Word. That we've let the truth, the truth start causing us pain, which goes back to the first thing that keeps you from experiencing God's joy, God's love, God's grace, God's mercy and your salvation is living in sin. Now, it don't have to be this big old painted up ugly sin. 
It's going to be that small one. It doesn't matter what the sin is. It doesn't matter how long it takes us to deal with it. But we know the joy is that God makes all these things possible. No matter where you come from, no matter what you did, no matter what you think you're going to do, there's no matter of sin that God can't deliver you from. Don't let the world continue to steal your joy. Don't let the world continue to, to use God's word against you to steal your joy. Come to church. Receive the word. Study the word. Prepare yourself. Find your purpose. Move forward. Receive the joy. Your purpose is spreading that joy. It's spreading that love. It's, it's helping and edifying and encouraging one another. And sometimes that encouragement and love comes in a different form than a hug. Right? Don't let correction um, and love steal the joy from you. Understand that everything in God's Word is about prosper. It's about caring. It's about taking care of you. It's about keeping evil from you. It's about making a life that's possible. It's about understanding that nothing can be put on you more than you can handle. But how many times do we let what's on our shoulders take our joy from us? Because we don't really know and we don't understand where our joy comes from. It doesn't come from money. It doesn't come from drugs. It doesn't come from alcohol. It doesn't come from uh, status. It doesn't come from a job. It doesn't come from... Um, you know, what you see on social media, what you hear on the news, it doesn't come from politics, but it comes from God's Word. But that's the basis of your life as a Christian. That's the beginning of understanding your purpose is one, understanding where your joy comes from. If you let the devil steal you from your joy, you'll never understand what God's purpose for your life is. Amen? All right, awesome. How many is happy to be here now? Amen, yeah. Give God a hand clap. Amen. Yeah, good word this morning from, from Pat. And, you know, we sit there and think sometimes, well, why do we have 15 minutes of somebody else talking and you get up there talking? Well, because coming to church, part of it is hearing the Word of God. That's, that's the reason we're here, right? So we hear it from more than one person. And to and more 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 than one uh, point of view, and so, but it all comes from the Word of God. So, you know, I, I'm thankful for the men that get up here and and, and do this and and take time to uh, to bring a 10 to 15 minute, you know, devotion or message on Sunday mornings. It, it's great. It does me good to hear it, and so it just um, it helps prepare me as I go on into the service and then throughout the week also. So, but it's good to see everybody this morning. Thank y'all for being here. Um, so, a couple things on announcements, and then we'll move on. I know a couple people asked this morning if we had any more tickets. We don't have any more barbecue tickets. All of them's been gone. So, if you've got some and are just like, well, I don't know if I'll sell them, bring them back next week. We need to have everything back by next, by next Sunday, the 24th. That way we can figure up how many plates we've got sold. If you need a ticket and don't have one, you get with me or Gabby, and we'll make sure your name's down, and you'll have a plate. Don't you worry about that. Um, and so, but thankfully, I mean, I hope all 250 tickets we got are sold. That's, that's my belief and prayer. But um, so remember, next Sunday, the right after church today, we're going to have a little meeting in here to talk about the barbecue sale that we're going to have, the barbecue dinner, and then a couple other things coming up in October. So if you would like to be a part of that and, and like, to help out, some input, whatever, stay, we'll meet right over here in the sanctuary right after church today. All right. Um, I think that's it. Did I miss anything, Gabby? We good? Okay. Just have to make sure that I don't forget anything because she'll let me know. As a good wife should. Amen. All right. So let's receive our offerings just now. Amen? Yeah.
Yes. And it's not in the bulletin, I'm sorry. Um, if you want a T-shirt, the order forms are on the back table, the $15 a piece. There's, it says four colors up there, but we've got the gray. We can get it available also, just like Danielle and, and Aaron's wearing right there. And so I hate Aiden's not out here and embarrass him. But so, so anyway, <laughs> right, I wish I had a. But uh, but so we can still get that color. So if you want that, we need that money turned in by next Sunday also. Order form and money. That way Keisha can get them ordered and made. And we can we want to have them before the October 14th or uh, the fall festival day for everybody walking around over there. We'd like to have them before then. And so that will give us plenty of time for that. All right. Um, prayer requests this morning. I know I got a, I got a message to... Um, from Sarah Leathers, just to remember her family and, and the whole whole Leathers family, all of y'all, y'all wanted last week. So just pray for that, um, for them. And, and if you know of any other needs, and you pray for that, okay? Anything else this morning anybody needs prayer for before we go forward? All right. So, okay. All right, Brent and Sharon, Barbara, keep them in. Excited to give, you know, excited to be able to do what God's called us to do, and that's give back to Him, right? That's, that's obey His Word in every aspect. And what we do here in this little time is not about just taking up money, but it's just it's obeying God's Word. It's doing what God's called us to do. So that's why, that's why we do this, because the Word of God says to do it. And, and so we're going to. And I heard it preached last night, the guy over there, that was talking about the missions conference. I went over there also. And, you know, he, he talked about this kind of aspect of it, but... As, as we said here, as if you've been here any amount of time, you've heard you've heard Daddy say that tithing is not an overnight get rich scheme. It's not you tithe the day or do it for three weeks or four weeks and then you know, oh money cometh, money cometh, you know money cometh, claim it. No, it's about obeying God and watching Him work and move in your life. And and through blessings, money is part of blessing our life because He knows we need money to to work and operate in this life, but it's more about obeying Him in every aspect that we live our life in. And, and so, so we're going to give and we're going to tithe and we're going to give offerings just as He told us to, and, and so we just enjoy this time together. So let's pray. Y'all pray for, for the Leathers family and the Barbers, and pray for the service. Pray for you that you will be able to enter in this morning and listen and understand and receive what God has for you today. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you again. We thank you for this time together, for your word that's already been brought forth, that we got joy. Father, joy that, that it cannot come from this world or anything in this world, but joy that only comes from you. And we thank you that we have that in our life. God, we just um, God, we lift up these needs to you right now. I pray for the barbers, Brennan and Sharon, that you touch them, heal them in their life. And, 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 Father, just touch and move in a mighty way. The same with the Leathers family, God, that you touch and move. And that whole family, Father, God, bring health and healing. And, and, and Father, from, that everybody involved can realize and understand that they need to turn their life to you completely and make you Lord of their life as they need to, God. We just thank you for that. Praise you. Thank you, God, that you're with this service as we go along, Father, that you just touch and you move in our hearts and lives this morning. Holy Spirit, just, just fall on us and that we be intended to your word this morning, that you be with me, that I bring forth what you've given me this week with clarity and a power and authority, not because of me, but because of you speaking through me and using me this morning, Father. We just thank you for that, God. We just ask that you bless this time of tithes and offering this morning that you take, and Father God, that you just bless and multiply in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, all right. Well, one other thing. It's in your bulletin. If you didn't get a bulletin, then remember. And thank you to everybody that came and helped feeding the high school football team on Friday. They had plenty of food um, and, and um, had a good time. Good, good uh, devotion by Pat brought to them. And, and so they, we fed them physically and we fed them spiritually. And that's what it's about, right? It's part of serving. 
And, and so, so we had a good time with that. Thank you for that. And we'll also be feeding the junior varsity team on September 25th. So a week from Monday, we'll be feeding them. And so if you're able to help around 3 o'clock with that, that would be appreciated also. All right. Well, children, go to Children's Church. Right. We're back in the book of Mark, the book of Mark this morning. So Mark chapter 1. How many remember last week's message? It's a good show of hands. All right. Two people. What was it on? <laughs> well, if we're, in Mark, if we're in the second part of Mark, Part two, then last week you could have said, Well, this is from part one. We're on part one. But it was immediately talking about how that God works and, and with Jesus was doing things, and, and Mark presents the gospel as Jesus doing things immediately, and we want things immediately in our lives, and we don't understand why they don't come immediately, just like the Word of God says that it should. And so, you know, we're going to talk through the book of Mark and, and work through it. I'm not going out of gas the other day. So you going verse by verse? I said, No. But there's a lot when I when you start reading, you're like, well, I don't need to skip over that. I need to talk about this. But but so we could go verse by verse. We're not going to do that. I feel like we're we're doing what God wants us to do, and we're going to get through this. And you're going to understand the word of God better, and it's going to grow in your life. And that's what it's about, right? It's about us understanding what the word of God has for us and what it says for us that we can operate in our day to day life in this world. So in Mark chapter one. You know, Jesus went through and he was, he was healing people. And then right after what we read on last Sunday, he went into Peter's home and healed his mother-in-law. And, and she got up and, and served them after Jesus healed her. And so that, that's awesome. But it, he goes on to say in, in, in verse 34, read that, Mark 1, 34. I don't know if I would put that one up there, Cole. But I'll, if you're there, read it. If not, you can read along with me. He said, Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. So this happened right after he healed Peter's mother-in-law, and he went outside, and they brought people to him to heal, and Jesus healed them. But I love it that he did not allow the demons to speak. Why? Because they knew him. It's no different. I said this last week in our lives today. The devil knows who Jesus is. And when we speak the name of Jesus with power and authority that He's given us in our life as a child of God, then He cannot stand that we speak the name of Jesus because He knows who He is. He knows that, that Jesus is the one that defeated Him. He knows He's the one that gives us power and authority that we can, we can do whatever we need to in this life with Jesus. Not on our own. I can't go to the devil and say, in the name of Mark Carroll, I tell you to leave. It's not going to do any good. It's in the name of Jesus only. We go in the name of Jesus. And, and so he, he told, in other words, he told him, didn't, didn't allow him to speak. He told him to shut up again. Again, last week we said, tell the devil to be quiet in your life. Tell the devil to shut up and go on in the name of Jesus. Quit letting, like Pat was talking this morning, the devil steal your joy through everything that goes along in your life and goes on because you are too timid and shy to speak the name of Jesus in that situation. And, and so we, we can, we holler at our kids, we, you know, our spouses, we get in arguments with them, with other people around, but it seems like when it comes to what's going on in our spiritual life, because listen, if, if you're not going through a battle right now, then you're going, you're coming out of one, getting into another one. You say, well, why is that? We're supposed to have peace and joy in our life. Well, guess what? Every day's a battle. And in the spiritual world, every day's a battle. Because as we're going to read on, you would think that the devil would get a hint to shut up and go on. But even though he didn't allow him to speak, what happens, and we're going to read on with Jesus, every place he went, the devil was right there present. The devil kept bringing things to him. He kept using people. And what did Jesus do? He cast them out. And so he gave us the power and authority to speak the name of Jesus over him and not let that torment our life just as he did these people. And so we go on and... And so the devil, Jesus starts showing his disciples the importance of prayer. If you read on, if you, you, I'm, I'm not reading through every verse. You go read through Mark chapter two, and you can, or Mark chapter one, the rest of this, and in chapter two, and you can find out these things. But Jesus goes off, and they couldn't find him. They didn't know where he was. They searched for him. Well, Jesus was off praying. Yes, Jesus, the Son of God, still had and needed time alone with his Father, just as we need time alone with our Father. 
just as we need time alone with our Savior. He went off and had that time alone with him. Why? To strengthen him spiritually so he could overcome the things that were coming to him every day. It's no different in our life. No different in our spiritual life that we need to go to God in prayer. We need to have that time alone with God. We need to have time alone in the Word to where we can build ourselves up spiritually for the battle that we're facing right now. And the battle will come out and face the next one even stronger because we know we got through this one. So, so he, um, he done that and was showing them those things and he went to preach. He, uh, and so in, in verse 40, Mark chapter 1 and verse 40. It says, now, there was a, now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying, If you are willing, can you make me clean? First off, let me realize, a leper was not supposed to come close to anybody back in those days. A leper had no business coming close to people back in those days. They were unclean in their sight. This goes back to Moses back in the Old Testament, Leviticus. You can read it there. To where he set down a law said if you if you have any disease if you're oozing out of your body whatever you are unclean, and in that case this instant they were they were supposed to go around and yell I'm unclean, and walk and 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 you know just back, cower down to everybody and yell unclean unclean unclean, that's all they were supposed to do. So not only did they have to live with a disease they didn't ask for. Because sure, leprosy, and I, you do some research on it, it was contagious, but by touch, you know, by, by skin contact, different things. It's not like a lot of them were born with it. They was, but then they contacted it. Was, but it, it done thing. It made their skin dry. It made limbs fall off. Different things like that. It would make nerves die and things like that. And it's still rampant today. They said, I was reading a thing, I think the highest place where leprosy is still running rampant is in India. They still deal with leprosy over there. It's still in the United States. It's rare, but it's still in, it's still here. But we don't make people walk around and say unclean. But but that's how they did it back in those days. So so I mean, he wasn't even supposed to be there. He wasn't even supposed to be talking to anybody without saying unclean. And then it was, I'm at a distance from you because if I touch you, then I've got to go be ceremonially cleansed so other people don't think that I'm unclean. And go through all this ritual of doing things that, that meant nothing, but that's what they had to do. That was a law back then. But he come to Jesus. Jesus was still relatively new. How would this person know that Jesus could make him clean? This person was looking for an outside cleansing so he didn't have to deal with the, with the problem he was going through in his life. What if you had to walk around... In your life, because you sin, saying I'm unclean. Because that's where we was in life before we got saved, right? So if all the sinners in the world, and we could see them and know they're sinning, had to walk around saying they're unclean, then you think that would make them want to get saved? Who knows? But we don't ask them to do that. God doesn't ask them to do that. He didn't ask you to do that. He didn't ask you to walk around and yell, I'm unclean. No, He knew you were unclean, and everybody else around you knew you was also. But just as Jesus done what he done to this man, he went to him and said, if you are willing, if you are willing, there's not a time in this word that we can read, especially Jesus, that he was not willing to do what God sent him to do. It didn't matter what they looked like, smelt like, what they, what they wore, whatever was going on in their life, he was willing to spend time with them. Willing to spend time with them. Who's the hands and feet of Jesus in the earth today? So who needs to have the attitude to go spend the time with whoever it needs to to get the Word of God through to people to where we can be witnesses also and share God's Word because that's what we're called to do. That's all of us. That's not the pastor's job. It is, but it's not just the pastor's job. If you're a child of God, I've said this before, and I won't put you on the spot today. If you're a child of God, then you're in full-time service just like I am. If you're a child of God, then you're supposed to be witnessing and talking to people just as Jesus did, loving them, showing compassion everywhere you go, no matter what's going on in their life, no matter what's going on in your life. So that's why we need to keep ourselves spiritually ready to help those in need at any time. Because back in, David knew that he could call on the name of the Lord. And, and no matter what he was going through, and in Psalms 103, Psalms 103, 
Love the Psalms. There's not a whole lot of Psalms that you, you don't, if you don't know Psalms, read Psalms. There's a, you'll love 150 of them, I promise. Because that's as many there is. So in Psalms 103 and verse 1, a Psalm of David, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. All of it. All of it. Not just the part I feel like today. Not just a little bit here. Not just a little bit in the morning. Well, I'll give him some more this afternoon. No, he said all of it now. All of it now. We want God to come immediately to us, but we don't come immediately to him. It's sad in our lives more times than not. Whenever bad times come or hard times, hard times are happening, we're in turmoil, strife. Our family's in turmoil. We don't know what to do, where to turn, what's going on. The first place we turn away from is God. The first place. And it's sad that the last place we turn to is back to God. After we've exhausted all things ourselves. It's not just like you say, I don't know why it's like that for me all the time. You're not the only one that deals with it. There's not a person alive that don't deal with those things. That our first instant is not to turn to God as we need to, but to turn away from Him. And work on it ourselves. And then, after a while, the devil gets in our mind. And the devil gets in our life. To where then, just as this leper, we don't think we can come back to God because we're too unclean. Does that sound familiar? It happens to everybody. I've dealt with it. There's not a person alive that hasn't dealt with those things. Why? Because we know we've done wrong. We know we're unclean in our life, but we don't want to ask God forgiveness because the devil's trying to, uh, to, to warp our mind and our thinking to where we can't go to God because he's not going to forgive us this time because we've done it one too many times. It happens all the time, and people are not coming back to God as they need to because the devil is condemning them. And there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. None. So if you sin, just like Daddy said this morning, we're not sinners just saved by grace. Where we're sinners, we're saved by grace, and now we're children of God. And so there's no condemnation there anymore. Sure, there's times you're going to get disciplined, you're going to get tried, and you need to repent of things in your life and turn away from them completely and come back to that right relationship with God. But He's not condemning you for your sin. But as David said, all that was in me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. And so... Jesus, just as He done with this leper, we're going to read it in a few minutes. He says, Who forgives all your iniquities, that's your sins, all of them. He didn't just pick and choose. Well, I'm only going to forgive you for this for right now. We're, we're easy to do that with people, right? Well, I'll never forgive them from doing that. Then you're wrong. Okay, no matter how bad they hurt you, you're wrong. Because Jesus forgives you of all your sins. And then what did He tell John? He said, No, you go forgive them. Seventy times seven shall you forgive them. Every time they sin, you shall forgive them. Every time they hurt you, you need to forgive them. Is it easy? No. We all know it's not easy to forgive other people for hurting us. It's not. The Word of God says, Who forgives all your iniquities or sins and heals all your diseases. He goes on to say, Who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. So all these things He'll do for us, what does He want from us? All of us. All of us. Not a portion, not a little bit, but all of us. All of us. Because we want God to do all these things for us, but yet us doing things for Him, it's like, eh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Not right now. I'm not, this is, this is a common thing you hear in Christian life. And I've said it before too. Well, I'm not where I need to be right now. I don't think I don't think I need to go talk to people. You know how you get to where you need to be with Christ? Get on your knees in prayer and repent of your sins and turn away from them. That's where you get that's how you get to where you need to be. That's where you're in right standing with him. Now, does that make you to where you know everything about the Word of God? No. But it makes you in right standing with God right then and there. And there's nothing the devil do to take that away from you. Nothing. So it makes you in right standing with him. So that's when you can go do all these things for God because He's doing these things for you. And you want to. You have the willingness to. Why? Because He's done all these for you. Why would you not do for Him? Because we live in a one-sided America kind of life. Western civilization. Civilization. I don't know why I keep saying that word. I screw it up every time. 
in America, we want more, and we want more, and we want more. Why? Because we expect more. Because we're a sports society. So we joke about Alabama football. Sure, Alabama was awful yesterday. Past couple weeks. And me and Daddy was talking about it, me and Brother Elliot were this morning, just for a minute. And I said, us as, Al- as Alabama fans, we've been spoilt for 15 years. Spoilt for 15 years. And don't, and, and we know, we don't play like we think we need to, or don't do as good as the team needs to, or they lose, then the, the world's come to an end. I heard yesterday on the, uh, on the radio, listening to some of the game where the commentator for Bama, they scored or something, and they took the lead. Bama took the lead after and late in the third quarter. And he said, he said, well, the, the, the earth is back on its axis like it should be now. <laughs> Bama's in the lead. <laughs> and so, yeah. And so that's the way people do and what they think. Why? Because we're so spoilt as a society. When things go wrong, we don't know how to handle it. And it's the same way in our Christian life. We're so spoilt in our world that we live in. Excuse me, our world. Not the whole world's spoilt. Because I promise you, have been to that missions conference last night. There is, most of the world is not spoilt as we are. They don't get to do this as freely as we do. But we take it so for granted that if, if, you know, the carpet's not right or the song's not right or the seats are not right or we don't have this or that, then we get mad and go to find somewhere that fits us and suits us. Other parts of the world don't have that luxury. If they don't like it, guess what? They get to go to the house. That's what they do. But we're so spoilt as a, in our Christian life in this area that we live in, our own little world, that when one thing goes wrong in our life or this little thing or that little thing that we think is just my world's coming to an end. And it's not, but that's how we treat it. And then we look away from God and get mad at God at the same time. Why are you doing this to me, God? Why are you putting me through this? Why, why, why? Well, God's not doing anything bad with you, sure, Stuff in this world, because it's ruled by Satan, allows, things are allowed, okay? And that's a deeper subject. And you say, well, God, I'm not telling you God's putting sickness on you. God's taking somebody from you. God's doing this to you. But through those bad things happening because of this world ruled by Satan that we live in, if you don't look to God, you get mad at God, and you're blaming it all on God, and it's not His fault. And then we blame it on the devil, and a lot of times it's not the devil's fault either. It's decisions that we made in our own life. That put us there. And so we lose sight on everything that we should be looking at in our, in our, in our, in our life, in our home, in our family, in our marriage. And we blame everybody else but the one that put us there to begin with. And that's the one you look at in the mirror every morning. Because of the decisions we've made. And the things that we've done. And the only one that can make it right, the only one that forgives all of our sins and all of our iniquities and heals all of our diseases and everything that's wrong with us is Jesus. And that's who we need to be running to. That's who we need to be looking to in our lives. Go back to Mark. Mark chapter, in verse 41 of chapter 1. Just as Jesus does with us every time we come to Him. Every time we come to Him, He did the same thing with this man. This person doesn't say man or woman. I'm sure it was a man. Just by guessing. Then Jesus moved with compassion. It does does say Him, sorry. Move with compassion, just like he's cast compassion on us when we come to him. We come to him in our life, and we come to him with a problem. Move with compassion. Move with love. Touched him. Mm. He touched him. He touched an unclean person. Jesus didn't worry about the ceremonial cleansing. He didn't worry about the law that was put back then. Why? Well, because he was the Son of God. No, because he was so full of God's Spirit that he wasn't going to worry about anything in this world keeping him from doing what God told him to do. It didn't matter. Just as, we, just as we were so unclean to come to God and ask for forgiveness. It's no different. It's no different. We were as unclean as this person right here. Worse, because we shouldn't be even around God. God's a spirit being now. I mean, it's just we shouldn't be in the same place with Him. But now, through forgiveness, through Jesus, we have the right to come into the throne of God. To come into the Holy of Holies. To come right there and join and, and, and join in supplication with God Himself. And He said He touched him and said, I am willing, be cleansed. Just as He says to you, I am willing, be cleansed. If you're not saved today, 
If you're running from God, if you're keeping to hold on to where I don't want to give this up in my life, guess what? All of it. All of it. And the whole time Jesus is saying that, hey, I'm willing, I'm willing to be cleansed. I am willing. I am willing that you be whole. I am willing that you not have this to worry about in your life. I am willing to let me help you, guide you through what you're going through in your life. I'm willing. The thing is, are you willing? Are you willing in your life to lay everything down that's not supposed to be there? Everything in your life selfishly you're trying to hold on to, to where Jesus could come in and say, hey, I'm willing, be cleansed. I'm right here. Are you willing to do that? And as soon as he had spoken, here it is again, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Just as immediately, just like that, when our sins are forgiven, we come to him and ask for repentance. Immediately. Immediately it was gone. So he reached out his hand and touched a person with a terrible disease. He didn't care. He didn't care what was going on. He didn't care who saw it. He didn't care what was happening around him. He said, this is what God called me to do. This disease is not going to bother me. I'm touching this person. When it was skin-to-skin contact, that could transfer the disease. Jesus didn't care. Why? Because he was so full of the Spirit of God that nothing could harm him like that. Nothing. Let's go on to chapter 2, verse 1 of Mark. Jesus, again, we're going to... Look at, these are two different stories. We're looking at Jesus healing people again, okay? And, and why I bring this up, why? Because they're powerful stories. They're powerful stories about people that were willing to do whatever it took for God to work in their life. It didn't matter what was going on. It didn't matter what everybody else said. And again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Heard that he was in the house. How many believe that Jesus is in the house today? Amen? Amen? In fact, if that's not why you're here, then it should be why you're here. Because we go to church, like Pat said, we make it a rut. We, we just same thing every week, every week. But why, we forget the purpose we're here. Jesus is in the house. He's here today. He's there with you tomorrow at your house. And the next day, and the next day. He's not just here on Sunday mornings. The Holy Spirit's not just here. No, He goes with everywhere you go because He's living inside of you. Immediately, again, immediately, gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them. Not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. He preached the word. He didn't just preach what they wanted to hear. He didn't preach that everything's okay. No, he preached. I, I, I can see it now. Jesus, bold in faith and in, in, in the Spirit of God, preached repentance just as John did. He preached, hey, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You need to repent. But I guarantee you, he, he correlated that back that they understood this old law that they were having to live under. And there was a new way coming. There was a new way right around the corner where they didn't have to do that. So we know the story. They came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And they could not... Come near him because of the crowd. They uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on the, which the paralytic was lying. So they tore the roof off. They tore the roof off the house so they could let him down to where Jesus was at. And so Jesus, when he saw their faith, why, why, what, what faith does it take to tear a roof off? Like most of us, if, if something's too heavy, there's too much going on, and you say, I, you know... Uh, we'll get that later. Hey, man, sorry, maybe you can walk next time. Maybe meet Jesus on the road and He can touch you and heal you then. We can't do that. We can't go in there. Why? It took faith to do that. It took faith to get up on top of a house that wasn't even yours and you're going to tear somebody's roof up that all of us would be mad at. Like, what are they doing to my roof? I've got to fix this. I'm just going to rain tomorrow. It's going to leak. i put a tarp over it. You know, we'd be all be thinking that. Like, what are they doing? No, He said... Hey, he said, no, we're letting you down. You need Jesus right now. And we're going to do whatever it takes for you to get there. That's some true friends. True friends. There's a country song that was out several years ago. You find out who your friends are. Y'all remember that? He found out who his friends was. And it was these four men that let him down the roof. Why? So he could be touched by Jesus. So he could be healed. But Jesus, when he saw their faith, he didn't say, hey, get up and walk. He didn't say that. It says, son, hey, he said, son, your sins are forgiven you. And I can imagine all of us be like, what's he doing? He's crippled. He's paralytic. He's probably shriveled up. Just laying there. Couldn't do nothing. 
And Jesus is going to say, and I'm sure the friends and everybody are like, what, what, what was this? Your sins are forgiven? Why would Jesus say your sins are forgiven? Why would He not? Because for us to begin healing in our life, our sins have to be forgiven first, right? For us, for Jesus to work in our life, we need to ask forgiveness of our sins. We need to become make Him Lord of our life. And then His other things can take place. But He's more worried. Jesus is more concerned about your eternal condition in your life. He's more concerned about your soul and where you're going to spend eternity, whether in heaven or hell. Sure, He wants, he wants all of us to be healed physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. All of us. But it starts spiritually. It starts, hey, your sins are forgiven you. Just as we come to the altar, we pray, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. That's a start. That's a start. Forgive me of my sins. Why? And that's, that's so weird that Jesus would say that and do that. But, you know, Jesus knew that, hey, and it wasn't, he, let's put this out there so we don't think that. So was he in this condition because he sinned? No. No. I don't believe that at all. He was in this condition because he was born this way because of the imperfect world, because of Adam and Eve's sin. That's what put him in this condition. God didn't make him like that. But as Jesus said before, that, you know, and he says in his word that these, these things happen so that God can be glorified through them. Right? So that God can be glorified. He said, your sins are forgiven. Of course, the scribes and Pharisees sitting there were, were reasoning in their heart, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. That's what they wanted to hear. That's what they wanted him to say. Hey, get up and walk. You're healed. No, but with Jesus saying that, he got forgiven spiritually. He got, he got healed spiritually. He got healed physically. Right then and there, by Jesus saying, your, your sins are forgiven you. And he, so he says, why do you, he, he says, uh, he said, but that you may know the Son of Man has power to, on earth forgive sin. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, take up your bed and go to your house. So what did he do? He got up. He got up, took his bed and went to the house. Why? Because he was healed in all aspects of his life right then when Jesus spoke to him. And you say, well, I've asked God to forgive me my sins, and it don't seem like nothing's changed in my life. There's your problem right there, your mouth and your talking. That's your problem. Because as soon as you pray and ask God to forgive you your sins, as soon as you do those things and it don't happen, the next thing out of our mouth a lot of times, well, this ain't working for me. Doubt and unbelief comes in. Doubt and unbelief goes in. But I'm going to read, we're going to read that, that Jesus... And God has never wanted a man to perish in this life. But as we've talked about the past couple of weeks, and as I've mentioned, yeah, I said that our time frame is not God's time frame because He don't live on a 24-hour day, 7-day-a-week, 365-a-day year time period. Turn to Second Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 8. It says, So dear friends, do not let this one thing escape your notice. Um, I'll make sure I'm reading. Sorry, this is out of the Passion Translation. Y'all going to read out of King James. It's going to read different. So, so dear friends, don't let this one thing escape your notice. A single day counts like a thousand years to the Lord Yahweh, and a thousand years counts as one day. Now, that's been discussed. Well, so was the earth created in one day or a thousand years for one day? It doesn't matter. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about there's no timetable with God. There's no day and night where God sleeps, where, where it's just the glory of God shining in heaven all the time. He doesn't get tired. He's a spirit being, not physical like we are. So he doesn't get tired and go to sleep. So it doesn't matter. He says this means that contrary to man's perspective, contrary to what we think, Contrary to how we live our life and how we talk, the Lord is not late with His promise to return. All right? The Lord's not late with His promise. So what, what He's promised us, He's not late with. Now what He's promised us and what we've prayed about may seem late to us because it's not on our timetable. So it seems late to us. 
Seemed like God's never going to answer. God's never going to do this. God's never going to be there. God's this, not that. And, and all the time it's us. Okay, it's us. And how we think and how we talk and how we perceive things. Because it's, it doesn't happen, you know, and we've talked about it a lot. I've heard this my whole life. We're in a microwave society. I stick it in. I want it done in a minute. I don't want to wait. It better be warm all the way through. There's nothing worse than getting a, a I got a, a bowl or something that's frozen. You put it in and you think, well, that's warm. You see steam rising off of it. You go to stir it up. And first bite is cold. You're like, God, somebody. You don't want to eat it. Yeah, I got to go back to the microwave, warm it up some more. It's aggravating, ain't it? Why? Because we want things now. We want things now. God wants to do for us now. He does. I promise. He's not sitting up there and like, I'm going to let them suffer just a little while longer before I come down there to save them. We read last week, He raises up a standard against their enemy, doesn't He? Immediately. Immediately comes. He immediately is there. He is wanting us to look to Him for strength and guidance through the storm, through the problems, through the pain. David, a man after God's own heart, we heard him talked about last night just a little bit, in that cave, and had those men around him. What happened? If you read David's life, he was in a battle, he was out of a battle, or, or he was in a battle or about to go into a battle, right? Even his king, the children of Israel, were in a battle or about to go into a battle. Right out of a battle into another battle. Why? Because they were trying to be overcome all the time. Because they were the chosen children of God. Guess what the devil's doing? The same thing in our life. He's wanting to take you over. He's wanting to do this. So we're, we're in a spiritual battle. Hey, we got through that when I got over this temptation. Guess what? He's bringing another one right then. He's bringing another one. So guess what? We've got to keep fighting. We've got to keep moving. And so he says, contrary to man's perspective, the Lord is not late with his promise to return as some measure, as some measure lateness. But rather, his delay simply reveals his love, he simply reveals his loving patience toward you. Toward you. He's patient with us. Because he does not want any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Thank God, God's not forgot about anybody. God wants all men. To come to repentance. He wants all men to know and have Jesus over their life. Will all men know? Why? Because they keep rejecting Him just like they did back in Jesus' day. They rejected Jesus back then and He was walking on the earth with them. We shouldn't be surprised that they reject Him now. We, we are. We're like, I just don't understand why they don't change. People don't change because they don't want to change. They want to live in their, in their filth, in their, in their agony, in their pain, and want, to, want you to join with them. They want to live there. Why? Because that's all they can see. That's all they know. And they don't want anything else to change in their life. So, God does not have a timetable. He does not have anything to where we want it now, and, and God's not doing it, then, then He's forgot about us. God has not forgot about you. Though the problem still persists in our life, though things still go on in our life, God has not forgot about us. His measure, His promise will not Return void to us. When His Word goes forth, when this Word goes forth that He's given you today, all right. When, when the Word of God is spoken, and it's not just Mark Carroll, if you can get past Mark Carroll speaking to you today and realize that it's the Word of God going forth today in your life, it's not Mark Carroll, it's God. And God speaking, using me as, as His person, as His one right now to speak the Word, just as He did Pat earlier, to speak the Word of God and get past who's speaking it and know what the Word of God's being spoken, it can't return back void. So, so quit worrying about, you know, well, I want this done now. I, why can't it have now? It, and, and so it's, it's not about that. It's about us trusting God fully and completely in our life. No matter what's going on. Just as these two that we read about did. The leper and the paralytic man. They did what they had to, to get to Jesus. They were willing to lay down and risk everything in their life to get to Jesus. They were willing to do whatever it took and, and be uncomfortable no matter what's going on so they could get to Jesus. Like I said, in our, in our society today, we don't want to be uncomfortable. We don't want to do whatever it takes because we don't have to. We don't think we have to because we live a comfortable life, most of us. 
Most of us live a comfortable life. As as a world standard are comfortable. Okay? But God's Word's always been true. It's always been real. And it never changes, nor will it change. So what He done for David back in these days? What Jesus, when He healed the, the these two here, what He done for them, He still will do for us today. He's waiting on us. He's waiting on us. He's ready. He's on go all the time. He's right there on go. So my encouragement to you today is to keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying for whoever it is in your life that God's put on you to pray for, your spouse, your children, your, your whatever it is, and, and pray for those people. You say, well, I, I have been. For the past three, four years I've been praying and they haven't changed. Again, there's no timetable with God. There's no timetable. Keep praying. For that person in your life, keep praying for yourself. Keep praying for yourself. Why? Because if you are not where you need to be and are not prayed up as you need to be and not spiritually strong as you need to be, then you're praying for somebody else. Like you should be praying for them, it's not going to happen. So pray for yourself. Keep praying for the change to come. Keep praying in your life that you will change and that you will see God's, God work in your life as He should. And then as God works in your life, others will see it. And then in those situations that's going on, no matter what it is, who it is, how it is, God will work in those things. And quit looking for how you want it to work and look for how God needs it to work in your life. Okay? Because all of it's got to come back to His glory. All of it's got to come back to He's number one. And so keep, don't, don't, as I said earlier, when you pray for something that don't happen, don't, don't speak doubt. Don't speak doubt and unbelief. If this paralytical man, when Jesus said, your sins are forgiven you, if he had got up and it, it recorded it in here and said, Jesus, what are you talking about? He's speaking doubt and unbelief. He's speaking things that, that don't need to be said. We don't have to say everything that comes to our mind. We shouldn't be saying everything that comes to our mind. We should be binding a lot of things that come to our mind. We should be telling those things to go that come to our mind. And only speak the Word of God. Only speak what He tells us that we need to speak. And only say what He says we need to say. And trust in Him completely. Knowing that He's going to take care of you just like He did these. Just like He did these. Amen? Amen. We all stand this morning. If you're here today, say it every week. I'll continue to say it. In Jesus, is not Lord of your life. Stop running. Stop playing games. Stop trattling the fence. 